What's up, everybody? I'm in the chat early to get this thing started here. Make sure people get enough time to get in. I'm still waiting on Kevin. Um, I sent him the link a little late, so we might have to be uh, a little lenient with him on time. But that's all right. My guest for today, um, for those of you that are in here early, we're like four minutes early. Um, my guest for today is Kevin Helmick. And if you aren't familiar with Kevin Helmick, he was one of the first, actually, he was the first Hellcat in the six second range at 699 at 200 miles an hour in the quarter mile. So he built an amazing Hellcat. It is fast. And I love this modern era of drag racing with these modern Mopars. I think it's great. I think they're fast from the factory. And I think, uh, you know, seeing these cars um, break seven seconds and then break six seconds, that's insane. You know, uh, we talked about when the Demon came out and you saw it run, what, like a 965 and pull the front wheels off the ground. That's insane. And you've got these guys like Kevin who build these cars to go amazingly fast and quick um, down that quarter mile stretch. So what uh, what this podcast is about today is basically promoting the world's fastest Hellcat challenge that's going to take place March 18th through the 20th at Las Vegas Motor Speedway at the Strip for muscle cars at the Strip. It's the 20th anniversary, and one of the main attractions is this race between Kevin Helmick and Leon Epling with the 007 Challenger, who has also broken seven seconds, and now he is also in the high sixes at 200 miles an hour. So these guys are like right here. <laughs> so they're going to battle it out for the world's fastest Hellcat. That's crazy. I'm going to be there to check it out. I hope you guys are going to be there too. Um, it should be a, a hell of a show. Hell of a show. I'm really excited about it. Um, I don't know the full story. I've never talked to Ke uh, Kevin or um, his his opponent. We'll call him the opponent, uh, Leon. I just know that they're super fast. I've read a couple articles um, and kind of got a baseline um, look at uh, Kevin and his car and his little adventure it sounds like he's only been doing this for a few years so i mean to go a few years and to have one of the fastest hellcats in the world that's an accomplishment so i'm excited to talk to him um in other news while we're waiting for him uh how many people out there have submitted their application for chief donut maker this is uh really interesting i don't know if you guys have been watching um, what's been happening uh, at Dodge, but they're doing the never lift campaign and the 25, eight stuff um, for performance. And basically they're, they're, you know, reaching out and trying to get the enthusiasts really pumped about, you know, the performance of Dodge and they, you know, they're bringing back direct connection and all this crazy stuff. It's a lot of fun to see. And they offered an enthusiast out there a chance to, become the chief donut maker at Dodge, uh, which is a funny, it's a funny title. And, you know, it comes with some perks. You get a Hellcat for one year. You know, you get to drive a company Hellcat. It's pretty awesome. You get $150,000 and you attend something like 15 events with Dodge um, at various events. I'm not quite sure. I know that, you know, I'd imagine that at least a couple of those events are going to be drag racing events. 
Um, but you're going to be a brand ambassador for Dodge as the chief donut maker. And you can keep your day job. So, you know, I was kicking around if I wanted to send in a submission. And I think I will just for fun because um, you never know. But uh, if you go on YouTube, Facebook, and you look up hashtag um, chief donut maker or chief donut maker contest, you'll see all these people from all walks of life applying to be the chief donut maker. And some of the videos are really funny. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, I'm looking at some of them like clearly these people didn't read the fine print because I, I studied the fine print of this opportunity. And it it's legit for one. $150,000, a Hellcat for a year, and you're a brand ambassador for Dodge. You also get like $3,000 in, in Dodge swag. So you'll be rocking Dodge shirts, Hellcat shirts, stuff like that. Um, I know part of the contest, they'll go through a round of video submissions. And I think the numbers like 10,000 people are allowed to um, submit uh, their application. And out of those 10,000, the people on the on the board or whoever's sitting at the table go through all the submissions and they narrow it down. Now, I don't quite remember or if they even said how much they're narrowing it down, but they're narrowing it down. And there's probably going to be a handful, if not less people that they choose to go into the next round. And I know that part of that round is like, you know, it sounds like a an interview basically to ask you some more questions and things like that. Now, I'm not sure if in that round or the following round, but I know that they're going to ask you some questions, most likely about the history of Dodge, which is cool. Um, I probably will uh, fail miserably at that because <laughs> uh, I, I know that there's encyclopedias out there, you know, that probably know the history from the Dodge brothers all the way to now. So um, it, it would be fun to give it a shot. I will say that. And I know that at some point when the field is narrowed down, I know that they're going to basically pit these people up against each other and they're going to go to, it sounds like Radford racing school and they're going to throw them in. I'd imagine Hellcats and see what they can do. I'm sure they're going to go through a class and then maybe there's going to be some sort of heads up competition, which would be really fun. Um, win or lose. It sounds like a great time. Now I know that another part of the contest is, um, uh, so you got the racing and then the other part of the contest, I believe they are. Um, so we talked about the racing, the, um, the knowledge challenge. And then there was one other aspect that I'm trying to remember. It was just on the tip of my tongue. Um, it was, it was super interesting. Oh, the, the video. So I guess they're going to do some sort of video shoot, like a, a commercial or something like that. Uh, so you're going to get some screen time and they're going to they're do a screen test um, to see how you are on camera. So that that would be pretty fun. Um, I don't know if the commercial is going to be like legit and it's going to air somewhere, you know, probably around the world or something like that. Or if it's just literally just a test. I don't know. Um, I see Spencer. Spencer says uh, he's in the chat. He says, I've toyed around the idea of applying for this as well, just for kicks. Uh, go to Dodge Garage dot com and you can apply for it. And you'll get a special application ID. Um, I believe that it was limited to the first 10,000 people. I'm not quite sure. So you might want to go check that out. But you need an application ID so that when you submit your video, um, you, you need that ID to submit the video. So that's that. I 
was watching a bunch of the videos and just thinking to myself, man, do I even have a chance at this? And there's a lot of there's a lot of fun videos. My friend Blake from DIY Hemi just put out a an amazing video. And, uh, you know, my votes for him. Um, but uh, a lot of the videos are super produced, which there's no problem with that. Um, if you have, uh, you know, video editing skills and you can put something together that's really cool. Why not? Um, a lot of them are, you know, somewhat scripted, which I don't have a problem with that. But I'm, I'm the type of person that can watch that kind of stuff and kind of get a feel for the person. And a lot of the videos I watched, it just seemed like these people, not all of them, of course, but some of them were just, uh, they saw an opportunity. I don't really think they're hardcore Mopar enthusiasts. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of them had just started a YouTube channel for this contest, which is fine. I, I don't see a problem with that at all. Um, I know Dodge is looking for somebody who's used to doing live streams and is somewhat of an influencer, um, which is, is good for somebody like me that does that kind of stuff. Um, I saw a lot of videos of guys like doing burnouts and getting crazy on the street. And some of the rules specifically say, you know, don't do anything crazy on public roads because we're going to, you know, ax you. So uh, some of those videos, I think, are just going to be you know, on the chopping block immediately. Um, if I did a video, to be honest with you, I would probably do it right here. Um, this is my, this is my zone. This is my place. And I've thought a lot about what my video, what I would say in the video, because you're supposed to tell them who you are and why you think you'd be the best chief donut maker. And, you know, after watching quite a few of the videos, there was a lot of, uh, I don't know. They started to get redundant, kind of, you know, started hearing the same type of things. And you saw a lot of people, you know, it's almost like they watched each other and just tried to one up each other a little bit, you know, with the concept of their videos, which is cool. Um, and, you know, I thought about what I could do. And the best thing that I could do if I really wanted to be part of it and just put myself out there is just to do exactly what I do here. Tell them what I would do as chief donut maker. And, you know see where the chips fall. Um, I would be surprised <laughs> if I made it to the next round. Of course, you know, one thing I can say is that if I, if a miracle happens and they choose me <laughs> as the chief donut maker, um, I definitely want to be a good representative of not just the brand of Dodge, but uh, of the community. You know, um, it's not too often that somebody like you or I gets a chance to be an insider and get an inside look. Um, so I would definitely take advantage of the opportunity in the best way possible. Um, I would love to be a liaison <laughs> between, you know, corporate Dodge and the enthusiasts. So I think that would be really fun. Um, not to mention, I mean, let's, let's get real. Who doesn't want $150,000 cash? You know what I mean? Um, and a Hellcat for a year. I don't see a downside other than, you know, they say you can keep your day job. Okay. My day job, I could probably get away with going to 15 events over the span of a year. I could probably get away with that. I know that all my superiors at work know that I'm a super passionate Mopar enthusiast. And I I think if I told them that I had this opportunity, I don't think they'd have a problem with me getting some time off work. Um, not to mention, I got if I have 150 grand in my pocket, it's like, hey, I quit. I'll see you uh, next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll probably get my job back. Um but, uh, you know, how many people can really 
afford to take that much time off work? How many people's employers would understand, you know, that you just became chief? I mean, that's a conversation all in itself. You go up to your boss, you're like, hey, I'm chief donut maker at Dodge now. So uh, I need 15 days off a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? So hopefully you've saved those vacation days and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I really am excited to see, you know, as they narrow the contestants down and, you know, I, I'd imagine there's going to be less than a handful of people at the very end. And if they all go to the Radford racing school and they all get thrown in Hellcats, there has to be some sort of competition. Um, a heads up competition would be a lot of fun, you know, win or lose. Um, I would love to get out there and, you know, test the limits of a Hellcat, you know, and get trained by some, you know, professional drivers. That would be really cool. That'd, that'd be an awesome opportunity. Um, <laughs> uh, Spencer says definitely would be an interesting conversation for me since I work at a VW dealership. That would be hilarious. Uh, hey, you know, 150 grand, you know, there's a lot of VW dealerships, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Terry Meyer says I'm retired. That must be good for something. Yeah. I mean, that was 150 grand. You're retired. Drive a Hellcat around for a year. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see a downside in this. Throw your hat in the ring and see what happens. Um, I know that if you're planning on it, you better get over to dodgegarage.com and get that application ID. I don't even know if you can still get one, to be honest, um, and get that application in because I think it expires at the end of this month, which is the 28th, I think. Um, so you basically, if you don't get something out today or tomorrow, uh, your chances are pretty slim. Heavens Mopars, that's my friend Scott. Go follow Scott on YouTube. His channel is Heavens Mopars. He's trying to get to the No Name Nationals. If you don't know what the No Name Nationals are, it's a very unique event that is open to people on uh, content creators on YouTube with 500 or more subscribers. You have to have 500 or more subscribers to participate in this event. And Scott has thrown his hat in the ring, started a YouTube channel, and he's trying to get to 500 subscribers. So if you're listening to this or you're watching this at some point, Right now, open another window, uh, go to YouTube, and subscribe to my friend Scott's channel. Um, Scott and I are going to be doing business together pretty soon. Um, I won't speak too much on that right now because it's not a done deal yet, but your friend Chris may be picking up a ratty muscle car, and uh, I'm really excited to um, talk about it and show you guys what's up, but it's not a done deal yet, and I don't want to jinx it. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I've jinxed many deals and uh, I'm not trying to do that with this one. So it should be a fun project and uh, I'll talk more about that at a, at another point in time. But uh, Scott's a great guy. He's taking or his plan is to take a duster and race my friend Brian, who uh, his channel is um, Dust Devil Garage. So go subscribe to Brian on YouTube as well. He also has a duster. They're basically building these two dusters from the ground up and they're going to battle at the No Name Nationals if they both get 500 subscribers minimum. So go like and subscribe to Brian's channel as well. Once again, Heaven's Mopars. That's the first channel. That's my friend Scott. And my friend Brian is Dust Devil Garage. Both of them on YouTube. Go subscribe. And uh, let's watch them battle it out. You know, so these guys are going to build these dusters pretty much from the ground up. And uh, I believe they're using um, truck 440s. So like there's there's a couple little uh, agreed upon um, uh, uh, things. 
So the truck 440, they both have dusters. It's going to be it's going to be fun regardless. Um, I will be going to the no name nationals. Um, I'll probably be there for at least um, uh, Saturday for sure. Um, I got to figure out if I can get out there um, at what time on Friday. I'm pretty much going to be flying out after work. And that's the start of my vacation. So I'll be going to no name nationals and then I will be getting down to Louisiana to meet up with my friends from DIY Hemi. And we're going to participate in cruising the coast, which everything that Blake from DIY Hemi tells me is an amazing event where you cruise the coast of Louisiana and um, into the next door state. And it's basically like a car show the whole way. So I'm really excited about that. Um, it should be uh, should be a lot of fun. So that's going to be an action packed weekend at the um, end of September, beginning of October. It's like a week long cruising the coast is. Um, I don't know how that many people get the time off work, but I guess, I guess maybe that's their, you know, one weekend that they uh, get crazy with it. Um, let's see here. Let's read some comments. Michael says, interesting fact, VW sells more sausage than cars. <laughs> so what's VW is like a sausage fest or what? What are you trying to say? <laughs> Dustin Ransom, No Name National sounds like a blast. We started our Richard Petty edition, Valeri, build just for it. That's awesome, dude. Um, I've been trying to get Dustin on the show. He's been wanting to come on the show. And uh, we're live right now. I'm still waiting on Kevin. Um, I don't even know what time it is. It's 15 after. Um, I see a message here. Let me see. Make sure everything's going okay. Kevin is running a little bit late, but that's okay. Um, we're going to keep the show going, uh, Dustin, just to let you know, while you're, while you're watching, buddy, um, I may be after my wife and kid go to bed tonight, I may be jumping on here again and going live. Uh, so you're more than welcome to join me. Um, I will try to shoot a message out to you to let you know, um, Dustin is, he's one of those guys who has, you know, like there's guys that collect, you know, 68 to 70 chargers, like my friend Johnny Mopar. There's guys that collect A bodies. Dustin, when it comes to Valaris, has a collection and they are all badass. Um, I know the FMJ body guys and even the C body guys have reached out to me many times and they, they want more content. So Dustin, I think, is a great guest to have on the show to talk about it. So, Dustin, the invite is open for tonight. Like I said, I will shoot you a message. And it'll be an open house if I do a show tonight. So another show tonight, I should say. So everybody's welcome. And uh, it should be a good time. It's always a good time when we do an open house here because people show up. We talk Mopars and, uh, you know, shoot the breeze. Scott from Heaven's Mopars. I appreciate the support. And our transaction will be a done deal. No worries. Yeah, awesome, dude. Hey, it's not on It's not on your end. It's on my end. To be honest with you, today, I was scrolling through Facebook Marketplace. And I... We're still going to do business, but check this out. I see an ad for like Roadrunner parts and Mopar parts, engines, transmissions. And in the background, I see a valve cover with spark plugs in the center. So I immediately go, holy, you know what? That's a Hemi. So I reach out to this lady and I say, hey, how much for the Hemi? She says $4,000. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, ah, it's kind of hard to see in the picture. And I kind of thought that it was a first gen Hemi, but I wasn't sure. And as it turns out, it is a first gen Hemi out of a 57 something or other. Um, 
So that was a little bit of a bummer. And she also had an NOS grill for a 74 to set whoops for a 74 to 76 tin grill Dodge truck. It, it was pristine and you could see it was sitting on top of the original box. And of course I reached out to her for that. And I said, Hey, is the grill still available? And she's like, ah, oh, sorry, sold. I was like, ah, oh, damn. And then, um, figured out that it wasn't the Hemi that I wanted. Cause I was, I was looking at it like, okay, $4,000. I'm gonna go buy this Hemi. And it's such a good deal on a Hemi that you'd want to keep it, but I know what Hemis are worth. And right now in my position, I need the money more than I need the Hemi. So I would have bought the Hemi and, um, tried to try to sell it off. I don't know. I probably call uh, Mike coffee or something like, Hey buddy, <laughs> I got a Hemi for you. Um, or my buddies at Mopar's 5150. I'm sure. And, a lot of people I know, if I said, hey, I got a Hemi, I'm trying to sell it. I'm sure we could get that thing sold really quick. Um, but uh, it was definitely an interesting ad and a lot of fun. Kevin is in the house. Let me bring him on. Patrick says, hi. What's up, Patrick? Thank you, everybody, for joining me. My guest for today is Kevin Helmick, the owner of Grumpy Cat, one of the fastest and quickest Hellcats in the world. It broke into the sixes at over 200 miles an hour and he will be at muscle cars at the strip to race against leon epling and his 007 challenger who is also in the sixes and also over 200 miles an hour it's going to be a battle for the world's fastest hellcat you don't want to miss this show it's in las vegas march 18th to the 19th at muscle cars at the strip and it's going to be a lot of fun let's bring kevin on and get to know him a little bit better and get to know grumpy cat a little bit better kevin Hey, good evening. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to Talking Mopars. You know, when I talked to when I talked to Phil and he told me he was going to do the world's fastest Hellcat challenge at Muscle Cars at the Strip, I was really excited because I'm a huge fan of Mopars in general, but nostalgic Mopar racing, drag racing has always really, you know, uh, resonated with me. And I just recently started noticing within the past couple of years, the modern Hemi um uh, the modern street Hemi shootout stuff. And uh, I, I really get excited knowing that drag racing, especially in the Mopar community is still alive and well. And even with these new cars coming out, it's, it's crazier than it's ever been. And it, it feels almost like I'm getting a taste of the golden era a little bit because I was born in 1985. I never got to experience the golden era of drag racing. So to see cars like yours, cars like Leon's out there doing these amazing things, um, just when you think they can't get any faster, they just keep going faster. So thank you for joining me. I really want to get into your history and kind of work our way up to Grumpy Cat. So how long have you been a car enthusiast, a Mopar enthusiast, and a drag race enthusiast? Well, I started building cars, you know, when I was young. As a teenager, like most uh, red-blooded American <laughs> uh, fellas, and uh, I got into... Uh, a little bit of drag racing mostly it was uh you know cruising on the strip and things like that we came from uh, st charles missouri which is one of the hot rod capitals of america and uh but when i joined the military i, I kind of lost touch with all that we sold the car uh, really never thought about drag racing uh the entire time that i served in the marine corps and um I don't know. One day, uh, we came across, uh, at the dealership. My son had asked me, uh, if I could help him get a car cause he's, uh, attending the Naval Academy. 
Okay. And uh, I told him, I said, sure, let's let's go look at some Dodge Challengers because that's what he was interested in. And I saw one off to the side that looked a little bit different than all the rest. <laughs> and I said, hey, what what's up with that car over there? And he's like, Dad, I don't need that. That's a Hellcat. And I'm like, what's a Hellcat? Oh, wow. And he's like, it's 707 horsepower, Dad. And I'm like, there's no way. I mean, we built cars, and if you had 450 horsepower, you had something. Yeah. So they don't sell these on the on the dealership. And uh, the salesman heard me. He said, oh, yes, sir. And I said, well, you'll need to get those keys because we're going to have to take this for a spin. <laughs> and uh, the rest was history. I had to call my wife and said, we have some some major problems here um and uh here we are so we started <laughs> racing uh building this hellcat and uh raced it in the street mode uh, okay. we came on the scene you know probably four years after everybody else started on the on this modern street hemi kick uh because of the hellcats and uh you know we we played around with it um January of 2019, we actually went to Bradenton, Florida. Okay. And uh, we ran in the U.S. Street Nationals there. And after that race was over, I decided it was time to stop playing with the uh, streetcar. And uh, we cut that car down to 400 pounds. Wow. And uh, started over right there in the garage. And uh, that's how we ended up as uh the grumpy cat so that's great so this is your you bought this car for your son is that what i'm understanding here uh well no i actually had bought one for him as an incentive to graduate college okay and uh i had to find one for myself because oh. i wasn't about to chop up his car <laughs> wow i'm gonna have to have a conversation with my dad <laughs> <laughs> um that that's awesome so when you decided oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get a hellcat too was it on your sure. mind that you wanted to eventually chop it up and turn it into this crazy drag race machine that we now know as Grumpy Cat? Actually, um, it was in the back of my mind. Um, as a matter of fact, I had approached uh, I had approached some folks and I told them, I said, I, I want you to help me build the, the world's fastest Hellcat. And I kind of got a chuckle, you know, from some folks because <laughs> they'd already been at this for a few years. Sure. And uh, I was like, well, um, nobody really seemed that enthusiastic uh, really? about trying to really get down and help us uh, with that part. And so we decided to do it ourselves. Wow. That's, uh, man, to chop up a Hellcat. <laughs> For somebody like me who, can, who looks at a Hellcat just sitting on a dealership lot, and going, wow, I would love to have one of those someday. The fact that somebody would, I wouldn't even, <laughs> knowing that I had that car, I don't think, even if I had all the money in the world, the idea to chop it up, I mean, you had, it, you had to have It was a, crazy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys told me, you don't want to chop that up. As a matter of fact, the, the people I had originally asked, uh, when they, when they, I told them that the car was on its way and they asked what was coming and i told him it was a hellcat basically the answer was um we're not going to cut that up <laughs> really <laughs> um and i'm like well if you're not going to cut it up i guess i have to do it myself um, wow and it you know that it was kind of uh crazy 
everybody said you should just find a uh, you know an older challenger or uh, something that's been wrecked and all you need is the body right yeah. and uh, I said well if you if it's not a Hellcat to start with you can't race it as a Hellcat right yeah yeah sure so wow. I have a purist here I I can't uh, I I gotta say it, it's definitely a bona fide off the off the showroom floor Hellcat. There's no doubt about it. Wow, that's yeah. great. When I have to ask you, when it was in street trim and you were, you know, subtly modifying it, um, how fast did you get it up to in street trim on in the quarter mile? Uh, we had it down in the in the low nines. Um, I don't know for sure. I don't remember. Um, I don't think we ever broke into the eights. I think it was all in the nines still. And, uh, you know, we were running a little bit of nitrous on there. Okay. Um, and I think the biggest problem I had was the transmission. Um, it was really hard to get the transmission to do what I wanted it to do. Yeah. Without, you know, blowing out third gears. Most of the time was the, <laughs> was the culprit. Wow. Um, so you're racing this thing. You get it into the nines. Is it in your mind that it is even it were you, was your goal to get into the sixes or were you just like, I'm just going to hack this thing up and see how fast we can get it? Um, my goal, uh, to be honest, I, they had published this list about the, uh, you know, the fastest Hellcats and it used to be a top 10 list. Okay. And the only people that were on that list were the top 10 fastest gen three Hemi, you know, basically Hellcats. And eventually they, they started a section for demons and, you know, this thing has kind of morphed into now they've got a, a top, I think a top 50 in Texas wow. plus, uh, but Jerome Hellcat stone and a couple of other fellows, uh, from the minor street Hemi shootout series, they keep track of all these records. And, uh, so I started when I first started eyeballing this, even in streetcar form, I had the top 10 list printed on my kitchen wall. <laughs> and I used to talk to my kids and my wife and I'm like, you know, this, this is where I need to be. I need to get on this list. And one day we finally made it to number 10. Um, and actually I think it was a little bit further down the list even than that. But, um, Everybody who was somebody was on that list. And so I didn't know them personally yet, but, you know, they had a target on their back. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's awesome. So you have this list and you're like looking at it going, okay, you know, targets on all their backs. Is this the point where you're like, okay, I got to, to get faster. I got to lose some weight. Cause you know, one of the thing, I, one of the things I always hear, you know, in the racing community, cause you always hear it from the Mustang guys is all oh, those challengers are so heavy and they are. Yeah. Uh, so was that your biggest hold back with getting it faster was the weight? Well, I think that's, that's the natural assumption for everybody is sure. that the weight is the worst part of owning one of these challengers. Um, but I got to tell you, some of these guys are really uh, taking this platform places, uh, you know, even even at that heavy weight. Yeah. And so for me, um, 
being that I wanted to be that that guy, the fastest Hellcat in the world, uh, I knew that I was going to do something different. Um, but I set some goals for us as a team. And the first thing that I wanted to do was take a factory motor uh, faster than anybody else. And we accomplished that. We we set the record for the fastest uh, factory lower, factory blower uh, Hellcat wow. and the fastest factory lower, factory blower uh, with nitrous. So we, we held those two categories for a while. And if I'm not mistaken, we're still holding the, uh, the fastest um, without nitrous. Um, wow. And then once that motor, you know, gave up the ghost, we decided that uh, we wanted to stick with the cast iron uh, BGE block. So okay. we went to a 6.4 uh, block and uh, started building with Demon Performance and uh, TKM. Okay. And uh, started really working on the on the power plant. And the first year was really crazy. We were all over the place. We were trying everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every, every blower mod you could think of and even some stuff I'd never even thought of. They're just like, hey, let's try this. And I think at one time we had eight, 450cc atomizer injectors in the lid of a blower. Wow. Uh, it, it was insane. So we were everywhere. And uh, we actually won that. Uh, first year, we won the championship points wow. uh, series. So uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but, man, we went through a few motors. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you something. For people like me that are just getting into this modern drag racing stuff with the Gen 3 Hemis, uh, when you're talking about going through engines, as far as uh, you're talking about the stock bottom end on these things, are you, I know that in you know top fuel and stuff like that, these guys are constantly rebuilding their engines. How how many? I mean, how many engines are you going through uh, before a rebuild? Are you rebuilding after every event? How's how's that work? No, uh, most of the guys, to be honest, uh, the engines really don't get rebuilt until they blow. Wow. Um, you know, it's not an engine that you really take apart. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's definitely nothing fast about it. Uh, even though we've, we've gotten better, it still takes, yeah. uh, you know, the better part of a day just to get one engine out. And, um, so we have, we have tried now to, uh, stabilize, uh, like last season, um, we went through one engine. Oh, wow. Uh, we, we did lose our first engine on the very opening uh, weekend in Orlando, uh, but we ran the rest of the season on one engine. Um, the crazy part about that, we actually had torn up some stuff in the uh, cam area on that engine, and it was like a gremlin, and it took us a long time to figure out what had actually happened. And uh, we went into the last race of the season, tied for first place. Um, and we ended up getting that gremlin to show up. And we couldn't oh. run the car the rest of the day. And there we go. We we uh, we ended up in second. And uh, come to find out, you know, we one of the last remaining factory parts uh, proved that it wasn't able to run at wow. the 8600 rpm range that we've been running this engine so 
So what you're saying is that the the stock Hellcat engine is pretty durable. <laughs> Man, it's phenomenal. You know, wow. I met Tim Kaniscus, and he introduced me to some of his engineers up there at Roadkill Nights in Detroit. Cool. And uh, you know, I had to take my hat off to him. I told him, I said, we have <laughs> we have put these motors through their paces and uh, talk about impressive. I I uh, very durable. Um, just amazing how much Dodge had left in those engines uh, as, I don't know if you want to call it surplus horsepower <laughs> uh, at your fingertips, but man, it's been a, it's been a joy to work with. Yeah. That's, that's phenomenal. Cause I'm just imagining you guys go out to these weekends and you bring another set of pistons, another set of rods, and you guys are doing rebuilds out there. It's crazy. It's crazy for me to think that they are that durable but i mean clearly what you've done is a is a testimony <laughs> to uh the strength of them now i like i said i i'm just starting to really you know get into this modern uh hemi stuff and i'm i'm curious what the rules are in this series of racing as far as hellcats go because we're talking about the fastest hellcats you've got this list i'm wondering if there's like uh you know a strict set of rules like are you still using the factory blower or like how does that work so for the class that we're running in uh which is the outlaw class it's the okay. fastest class in the modern street hemi shootout uh it comes down to a weight requirement okay uh so you have to weigh in at 3300 pounds with a single power adder um if you're running a dual power adder uh, I believe it's 3,400. Okay. And then if you come in naturally aspirated, I believe we let them run at 3,000. Okay. Um, so the main thing is is weight. But after that, it's anything goes as long as it's still a Gen 3 Hemi. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. So you doesn't have to stay uh, cast iron. I know uh, we're working on a billet uh, platform right now. Oh, wow. Um, and I know several other race teams are as well, but most of most of the cars that have been running out there are still actually in almost near factory condition. Uh, we have uh, in the Modern Street Hemi Shootout we have a rookie class uh, for people who have never raced before. So the first race they come to, uh, they can sign up for the rookie class and they get to wet their whistle and find out if racing uh, their car is what they like. Yeah. And then after that, it's a lot of pretty much bracket racing, if you will, okay. but they're all timed. Uh, so we have classes at, uh, you know, 1250, 1150, 1050, and it goes right on down the line. So as you modify your car, uh, to go faster, you can find yourself in a faster class. Yeah. Um, and then we do have uh, another heads-up class, which we call heavyweight, um, which we do not advertise the weight on the cars okay. for that class. They have to be a certain weight, but the times we don't put on the board. Oh, cool. And uh, so those are, you know, heads-up drag racing, a quarter-mile, all almost all the modern street hemi shootout uh classes are quarter mile except okay. the outlaw class we normally run eighth mile oh, okay um but in uh vegas uh leon and i have agreed to run our world's fastest hellcat uh, grudge races 
at the quarter mile uh, utilizing the cast iron block. So we will still be running with uh, cast iron in Las Vegas. And uh, we both have to weigh in at 3,300 pounds or more. Um, my car, we can run as low as 2,600 pounds with the driver. Okay. So we bolt in an awful lot of weight just to make the wow. modern street Hemi shootout uh, class. But uh, so she's capable of running <laughs> some pretty high speeds. If you shed 600 pounds off a car, I don't care what you do. Yeah. It's going to go faster. That's crazy. So is this a one and done? Are you guys doing a, like, how's this going to work in Vegas? Uh, in Vegas. So we're going to do a best of three. Cool. Uh, so that way, you know, nobody loses to a, you know, a, a red light or just yeah. can't find traction on one launch. Uh, we want to do the the best out of three. Uh, I firmly believe that both of these cars will be running in the sixes head to head. Um, I have not run in Las Vegas yet. I know okay. it's not, uh, you know, it's not sea level racing, but at the end of the day, I know both camps have made a lot of modifications over the winter. Yeah. And I think these cars are ready to put on a show for everybody that comes out to see what we're doing. Man, I am excited. I, I got to be down there on the track. I got to get some footage of that. That's going to be, I'm, I'm, I can't even explain how excited I am for that. Um, I I was at Mo Party and I missed Grumpy Cat Run, and I was really disappointed about that. Um, so I, I guess I get I get my redemption, and this time it's uh, the two the two fastest Hellcats in the world. Now I have to ask you, you know, you're talking about this list, and you're talking, you know, you've worked your way up to the very top. You're at the you know the pinnacle. I'm yes, curious. Sir. I'm curious how far, Kevin, how far, how far of a gap there is between you, Leon, and and the rest of the the rest of the field of these guys racing these Hellcats. Well, in the in the outlaw class, uh, the gap is getting smaller all the time. Sure. Uh, so we like to cheer each other on. I think we are each other's best motivation. Um, you know, when we first started seeing outlaw cars, you know, running in the sevens, everybody got all googly moogly, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, it was amazing. You know, you saw 779 crank off and then you saw 750 and then, you know, 730s and, and, uh, one day we just came out and we knocked the half a second off the thing and <laughs> here we are in the sixes and, uh, you know that that just set the the mark but we're not done i mean you're gonna see uh you're gonna see a gen 3 hemi car in the fives it's gonna happen um i don't know how quickly yeah uh, but it's coming and that's what you're gonna see when you start getting a 3000 plus horsepower gen 3 hemi billet engine in these cars it's it's gonna happen wow um so <laughs> just keep watching because these cast iron blocks. I mean, this is a, this is a lot of fun, but it's, it's not even <laughs> where I want to be. Uh, yeah. Had we had a chance to have our hands on a, on a billet block by now, uh, we would be, we would be in the low, low sixes approaching fives. Um, wow. That's just how we roll. So that's, that's the, you've already, you've already hit sixes. So the next one's the fives. That's yes, what you're sir. For. I mean, I, I can tell you right now that, that everybody that's in this outlaw class that 
that is going to be uh, looking to see where they can go with this platform, they all have their eyes on that next on that next level. Yeah, that's great. When you say you knocked off a half second, when you're talking about cars that are that fast, like a half second, like for people that aren't, and I, I'm no drag racing expert, but when I think about how fast you guys are going, you talk about a half second. I mean, that's got to be a, a ton more power, right? Am I wrong? It's a lot more power yeah. or it's a lot less weight um, or a combination of both. Sure. Um, you know, so you, you look at some of these cars and, and uh, you know, some of these classes that are just kicking off, you know, they're, they're at 900 rear wheel horsepower with very little modification to the car. Wow. Um, and as you move up in these classes and the times are getting shorter, you start seeing 1200 at the rear tire and then 1500 at the <laughs> rear tire and then 1700 at the rear tire. And each one of those levels and times, uh, you know, it takes uh, more than just uh, a good will to get there. Um, the horsepower has to come up. Um, and there along the way, the nice thing is you're learning a lot of things about drag racing. Sure. You're learning how to launch the car, uh, you know, just about every drag race is won or lost in the first 60 feet. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you're, you know, just blowing the doors off of cars because you have <laughs> that kind of power. But uh, you'll watch these races uh, coming up in Vegas, and it's going to be a race. It's, no one's just going to walk away uh, with anything there. It's going to come down to uh, thousands of a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. It's it's real deal. I mean, if you look at it, I ran a six ninety nine and uh, and uh, Leon's car come around and ran a six ninety six. So it just very little, very little bit, you know. And it still hasn't even broken into two hundred and one miles an hour. You know, we ran a two hundred point zero five, and they ran two hundred point forty eight. So it's just the we're down into the minute details now. Yeah, that. That's crazy when you think about it. It's like, okay, you know, they're the same car. Okay. They're both challengers. You got different drivers, different setups, different tires, I'd imagine, different wheel. Like the fact that you guys are so right there. That's a, that's, I love it when, where it's actually competition. You know, it's fun to smoke somebody. I imagine just blow their doors off, but to have that competition, that's got to drive you even harder. You know, that absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, being competitive (laughs) is what this is all about. And if you can't have fun, uh, drag racing, then you really don't need to be out there. It's a waste of your time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So let me ask you this. Leon isn't here. So we, we get a chance to talk about him a little bit. And I, right. I, I've never met Leon, but I, I assume that you guys are super competitive. I'm curious what your relationship is with him. Are you guys friendly or is it like, is there some animosity there? I, I'm just really curious. Um, there have been some rocky moments. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you that for sure. Um, but I got to tell you over the, over the last couple of years, um, I've really enjoyed uh, watching his crew, uh, you know, they're a tight knit family. Uh, I talked to Jason a whole lot more than I talked to Leon. Um, you know, we'll, we'll message each other, uh, check in on each other, 
you know, congratulate one another all the time. And uh, so I think things are a lot more, uh, a lot more friendly between uh, the two drivers of these cars, myself yeah. and, and uh, Jason Epling. Um, but Leon, you know, he's old school, you know, he's, uh, he's competitive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm just glad that I was able to wake him up, you know, because <laughs> They were at the top of the food chain for the longest time, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody else is out here, uh, not just knocking on the door, but yeah. you know, looking at you in my rearview mirror, so to speak. Let's. Uh, I, I have to dig in a little bit more. So, Grumpy Cat, amazing car, clearly super fast. When you talk about your history of drag racing, is this the the biggest campaign you've had for? Um, uh, like competitive wise, or did you have a competitive drag car in the past? I never had a, co a competitive drag car in the past, other than you know what teenagers do. Sure, uh, the bragging rights thing. You know, American graffiti comes to mind. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, this is my first competition car. Wow. Um, and so we've learned a lot along the way, and it and it takes a team. You know, I have uh. I have a group of special people uh, that helps us out. Um, for the longest time, my kids were heavily involved, but now they're all, you know, off to college, <laughs> off to jobs, and they just can't come hang with dad all the time. Um, but I do get to bring one of my sons to Vegas. Um, so he's continuing to help me out. And, uh, and I know the rest of them would if they could. Yeah. Um, but the guys that make up our team, I mean, these are guys that, you know, have been around racing. They've been building cars. So I have learned a lot of stuff. I have some very good mentors on this team. Um, Bill Quay is my crew chief, and he raced in the NHRA for probably 30, 32 years. Wow. Um, and all of this stuff was, uh, you know, I call it a God thing because – I didn't know him, but he called me out on a uh, <laughs> on a, a grudge race here, or a match race is what he called it. And uh, we came across each other's paths one day, and he says, are you the grumpy cat? And I said, you must be <laughs> Bill Quay. <laughs> and so, you know, from right at that point right there, uh, he jumped on board, and he has taught me a whole bunch of stuff that I, uh, I'm very thankful. Uh, my fabricator... Uh, you know, he's built a lot of cars and he came and um, when I couldn't find or couldn't get the guys to cut up my Hellcat, my first question <laughs> for Jason Brazel was, uh, do you have a problem cutting up a brand new Hellcat? He said, heck no, I'll cut up anything. <laughs> and I said, well, then you're the guy for the job. There you and, go. Uh, off we went. So I have, uh, you know, the guys at Demon Performance, uh, Skip and and uh, Kevin Mullins, you know, he's a two-time radio versus the world champion, and he runs this machine shop there in Denton, North Carolina, called TKM. And uh, he's an awesome individual. They they do some of the best machine work on the planet, and wow. they they are always looking for ways to help me. Um, you know, he tunes the car. Uh, I try to listen to absolutely everything Kevin has to say because. That's so, so valuable. Yeah. And so that's one of the other key things about drag racing. Uh, 
it's a family. Um, and there's a lot of people that don't share information. Yeah. But Team Grumpy Cat, we don't have that problem. <laughs> uh, this isn't a profession. Uh, I don't have a whole bunch of secrets. Uh, we try to put out uh, to the monetary shootout community uh, solutions and I would like to see more people running just as fast as I am yeah. because that's when the fun starts. <laughs> you know, Got to have some competition. Absolutely. I, ha- I have to ask, uh, you know, I know people are going to watch this and they're, they're going to go fastest Hellcat in the world. Um, am I going to pull up to Las Vegas and see a giant semi truck that says grumpy cat on the side? How big is your operation? Is this what you do full time? Um. <laughs> It's not what I do full time, but it sure seems like I'm yeah. doing it full time. Uh, this is still a hobby for me. Yeah. Um, and yes, you when you come to Las Vegas, you will see our rig. We have a an 83 foot rig. Um, wow. That we have uh, the Grumpy Cat and the and the uh, push car in, and we have our crew quarters in there, and then you know we have a toter for some. Uh, some of the pit crew and, and myself, and uh, it's it's huge. It got out of hand real quick. I have Bill Quay <laughs> to thank for all that. Yeah. And uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we didn't go out and buy you know million dollar car haulers or all this stuff. We're we're racing on a budget. Yeah. Uh, still, and so we try to be uh, frugal in what we do. Um. So we put a lot of uh, elbow grease and sweat equity into a lot of the stuff we own. And so uh, I'm really happy and proud about that as well, because, you know, we've taken some things that uh, most people probably wouldn't pull or drive (laughs) and uh, turned it into, uh, you know, something that if you didn't know any better, you'd have thought it cost a million dollars, you know? (laughs) That is so cool. And, you know, my hope is that there's going to be some young young guy or gal that watches this or this is also going to be a podcast or listens to this. And they've got a picture of Grumpy Cat in their garage and they're they're You know, they have their site set. One day I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be like Grumpy Cat. I'm going to have a I'm going to have a fa- the fastest Hellcat in the world. I I like stories like that. You know, the, the Rocky stories. Yes, and, sir. I I know for a fact that, like I said, somebody's going to be listening to this. Like, oh, that's he's got a target on his back, Mister Helmet. Yes, you have a target on your back. And I'm a target. I, and this is this is an opportunity I want to give to you to give somebody who, because um, like you were telling us, um, you didn't. This is still a hobby to you. You know, you don't. Yes. You're not a professional. You know, and I I say that you know with that with all due respect, uh, you don't do this full time. You're not out there racing full time. I would like to give you the opportunity to maybe give somebody who has dreams and aspirations of what you do um, some advice of, uh, you know, on on their journey. What's some good advice to give somebody like that? Well, the first thing I would say is um, if this is something that you think you want to do, I would try it and I wouldn't go out and break the bank in the process. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, there are plenty of cars out there that you could put a Gen 3 Hemi in 
and come and join us at the Modern Street Hemi Shootout Series. And if you don't like it, it's an easy an easy out. Yeah. But if you do like it, this is a great place to come, a great group of fellows and gals to race with um, and learn. You know, that's that's the key. No one shows up here knowing everything. And, uh, you know, I'm still learning every day. And I, I looked at the same uh, things that the people you're talking about would be looking at. Yeah. And I told myself, you know, I, I want to be that guy. Um, and I still haven't found my, my million dollar sponsor, you know, uh, <laughs> it sure, sure would be nice to race, uh, like that. But at the end of the day, it's very fulfilling to be able to go out and, and race and win. And this modern street Hemi series shootout that we're talking about, there's so many people that are just like me, just like you. Um, you know, if they have a car, it has a Gen 3 Hemi in it, and uh, they're out there having the time of their life uh, racing down this drag strip. And it's safe. Uh, keep it off the street. Um, you know, take it, take it to the track. That's where you can let your hair down. Um, and in, in the safest way, yeah, uh, it's still uh, a dangerous sport. Um, you know, I could tell you in the last four and a half years, uh, some of the, the, the close calls and, and mishaps that, that I have seen, uh, some that I have been through, wow. um, you know, and I don't wish those times on anybody, but they're inevitable. Um, so don't go into this thinking that it is all, you know, just fun and games. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. You know, I, I call, you know, I'm not a professional driver, uh, but I have been to Frank Hawley's drag racing school. Oh, cool. Um, that man's program is second to none. Uh, he taught me a lot. I went and I, I learned some things from Roy Hill and his program. And uh, so these are two uh, very large name drag racers that are still yeah. out there today teaching people like me how to get better, yeah, how to be safe as you can be in the process. Um, and then, you know, the, the licensing process, uh, I take very seriously. Um, so, you know, I now, once we start, got into the uh, six second range, you know, I had to go update some licensing mm -hmm. uh, and things of that nature with the NHRA. And um, that still doesn't mean you're perfect. Yeah, sure. But, but you need to get out there and, and take it serious. Take your safety equipment serious. Uh, find a mentor. Um, and there's no better place to find one than at the monastery Hemi shootout. Um, so I think, I think anybody out there that's looking, this could be you. Uh, it's all obtainable. You don't have to have a million dollars. Um, but I will tell you, if you want to be the world's fastest Hellcat, <laughs> it's not cheap. Got to dig in those pockets a little bit. <laughs> yes, sir. Kevin, I, I'm like I said earlier, I'm so excited to see this race. And uh, best of luck to you. 
um, and Thank Grumpy you. Cat. I, I in closing, I, I want I want to let you get back to your Saturday night, and I have a dinner date with a beautiful woman <laughs> that is my wife. Um, yes, sir. I I do want to give you an opportunity right now in, in this platform to let everybody know what we can expect out of yourself and Grumpy Cat March eighteenth through the twentieth in Las Vegas. Well, what you can expect from us is that we're going to show up in Las Vegas and we're bringing our A game. Uh, you're going to see uh, an entire uh, off season worth of effort, and uh, the results. I think you'll find satisfying. Um, as we said before, we had a lot left, and uh, we've made even bigger changes. So wow. um, I can't wait to see what we're going to do in Las Vegas. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's going to be a time. And for Leon and the crew, fellas, I hope you're bringing your A game because you're going to need it. There you go, folks, from the man himself, the driver of Grumpy Cat in the house, joining us at Talking Mopars. If you want to see what I think is going to be the best race of the year, you need to get down to Las Vegas, March 18th through the 20th, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, the strip, and watch Kevin and Grumpy Cat take on Leon and the 007 Challenger for the title, the world title of Worlds fastest hellcat that is uh this is going to be history man 20th anniversary of muscle cars at the strip i i couldn't think of a better place to do this this is going to be a lot of fun i'd like to thank you for joining us here kevin and uh thanks for having us i, I can't wait to shake your hand in las vegas and uh possibly congratulate you on your new title man that's going to be a lot of fun um thanks for joining me and uh we'll see you in las vegas you bet thank you thanks kevin What a fun interview and what what a guy. Um, lots of great advice for the drag racers that are coming up or the people that want to get into drag racing. Um, lots of awesome information. I really wanted I wanted to dig into the mechanicals of Grumpy Cat a little bit, but I, I think I, I'd like to have Kevin, if you're still listening, I'd like to get you back on the show. Um, you know, after Las Vegas and uh get a little bit more details on you know, the little secrets up your sleeve. I, I don't know how secretive uh, the guys in drag racing are, but I know that this is a big, a big race. So I didn't want to pry too deep. I didn't want, I didn't want to um, get too technical with people, but uh, I, I felt like it was a great conversation. I can't wait to have you on again, buddy. Um, that was talking Mopar's Saturday night live with Kevin, the driver and owner of grumpy cat. I cannot wait for Las Vegas. Like I said, March 18th through the 20th, the strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, the world's fastest Hellcat will be decided. I cannot wait, and I hope to see you there. And uh, that's that's Talking Mopars, folks. And uh, we'll see you next time, and I will be in Las Vegas. So if, if for some crazy reason you can't make it down to Sin City, don't worry. I'll be there right on the track giving you the up-close and personal footage of this. I, I can't wait. Um, I almost want to be at the end of the track just to see how close it is because, it's, I mean, you're talking about tenths of a second, tenths of a second. That is, like I said earlier, it's unbelievable that these cars are so close. Um, so exciting, so exciting. And uh, Kevin did a great job hyping the race and uh, Grumpy Cat in action, folks.
I can't wait. So hopefully we get to see you in Las Vegas. No Mopar left behind. We'll see you next time right here on Talking Mopars.